Welcome to Rendezvous with Yashahan, the podcast for the everyday hustler. Here, we talk to experienced people from all walks of life and ask them about their fields and how youngsters and students can prepare themselves for the world. Watch and learn about how to become the best possible version of yourself and elevate your life to a whole another level. Enjoy. What is going on guys? Welcome to the third episode of Rendezvous with Yashahan. In this episode we have with us Mr. Ronak Manot. For those of you guys who do not know him, Mr. Manot is the co-founder of the Bombay Shaving Company, a top of the line grooming company for men whose products I definitely use and I strongly suggest that you should do. Other than that, Sir has recently founded a new company called Trove Experiences which is still in the works but it is a lifestyle company. It gives uh, it takes you to the lifestyle experiences to make you enjoy life even more. I'll link both these companies in the description so you can check them out definitely. In the episode however, Sir and I talked about entrepreneurship, the importance of following your dreams and how students and you know just youngsters who want to start their own business can do that with the help of a few tips and tricks here and there. Other than that, we also talked about how one can sustain a business during difficult and trying times such as right now. I wouldn't tell you a lot in this introduction because definitely the conversation itself was really enlightening and really engaging for me and so enjoy this episode and do rate us do give us a review it really helps us a lot and just so you guys know now we are there on all the streaming services audio as well so we are there on Spotify we are there on Ghana we are there on Apple podcast we are there on Google podcast so i would now definitely suggest you guys to check us out on the audio services first because a podcast is supposed to be something that you listen to not essentially see and i do know that all these podcasts which i've put up you know till now and also all the episodes which are yet to come there isn't anything necessary visual about it most of the things are you know it's kind of stuff which helps you even if you just listen to it so whenever you're working out whenever you're driving you're cleaning your house whatever you know household chores you're doing so you can listen to all these episodes at that point of time i'll link all the audio platform services down below in the description so make sure you check them out enjoy this episode i hope you de- you definitely derive some value of it and thank you for being here what's good you guys so like promised for the third episode of in conversation with yash chahan we have with us mr ronak manot he is the co-founder of the bombay shaving company a organization which is so essential for us guys especially especially those of us you know who actually care about the grooming bombay shaving company is a you know company whose products i have been using personally for a long time now so helped co-found that company so that's definitely huge so first of all thanks a lot for taking out the time and you know being a part of this podcast it really means a lot to me thanks on uh, thanks you for having me and uh, uh, you know happy to share uh, whatever little i've learned uh, through my journey uh, with your thanks followers a lot for that. so thanks a lot for that so so uh, starting off could you please tell us a bit about your journey how did entrepreneurship and like you know building your own thing from scratch come into the picture and like how like you know your life has molded you into the person you are right now right 
Um, so I'm from uh, Pune, uh, born and brought up here. Uh, I come from uh, a huge Marwadi joint family. Um, uh, I went to Kota uh, for my 11th and 12th to prep for IIT. Uh, the family had huge expectations that, you know, Bacha, IIT, and all that. Uh, unfortunately, that did not happen. Uh, I didn't get in. Uh, but I got a decent enough rank in AIEEE to, to get into a good um, uh, engineering college, uh, UDCT, ICT now in Bombay. Um, I enrolled into polymer engineering. I didn't really have an inclination towards polymer engineering, but um, uh, you know, the family advised that it's a good field, it's a, it's a safe field, and it has potential in the future. So I said, okay, why not? Uh, but in my second year itself, I realized this is not my cup of tea. I can't what, what sit exactly in a lab and make it. Like what exactly like does it include? Polymer is polymers are plus like plastics. Achha, okay, uh, it's polymer almost, it's prevalent okay. Yeah. It's like a branch of chemist, chemical uh, engineering if I'm not wrong. It's yeah, so UNICT is a uh, UNICT is a um, eighty five year old uh, institution. Uh, okay. it's produced a lot of uh, great uh, great uh, people um, like uh, Mukesh Ambani, uh, Adi Godre okay, wow. uh, and uh, and several more. Um, so, and, and it only has chemical engineering and related fields. So there's pharmaceutical, there's, uh, oils, textiles, dyes, polymers, uh, paints, etc. Um, and so I got into polymer engineering, um, realized in my second year, this is not really my cup of tea. I'm, I'm not someone who can sit in a lab and mix chemicals and wait for, you know, two hours for something to happen or not happen. Um, I and that. so uh, at the end of my second year itself, I was like, "This I can't do this, uh, I, or I don't see myself doing this in the long term." Um, uh, and uh, obviously, I can't, uh, you know, uh, go back and start like miss out on two years and kind of just start from scratch somewhere else because I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I figured, let's complete this degree, uh, but at the same time, try and really understand what is it that I'm liking and what do I want to do next. This uh, is and I was always so like, you know, with regard to what you said right now, this is a mistake which many students make, which I've seen because especially, you know, the way the, the culture of dropping out from college has been romanticized over the years. Many students, just because they don't like what they're doing in college, they drop out and they don't have the faintest idea of what they're going to do after they drop out. So definitely that's exactly. a good thing to do that. You know, you stay in college. While you figure out what you actually want to do. And if you figure it you, out, while yeah. you years, then you can drop out if you have a plan. But dropping out without a reason, like that doesn't seem like the best thing to do. Definitely so. All these uh, autobiographies and biographies and books on successful people who have dropped out have kind of, uh, uh, you know, just made it more glamorous to drop out. Um, definitely. I don't think any of those people dropped out because they wanted to drop out. It's because they had something else figured out, which they knew they liked, they enjoy, and they are going to dedicate their lives to, and hence they dropped out. So yeah, dropping out just because you're not liking it is not the reason. Dropping out because you have something better figured out, um, and you're sure about it. It's not just like a knee-jerk reaction to, oh, you know what, it would be cool to do this. If it's more, if it's a more matured uh, thought. Um, then it's okay. Otherwise, it's highly recommended that, that you complete your education. Um, but yeah, uh, always kind of look out for, you need to be aware uh, about what you're liking, what you're gravitating towards naturally, what do you enjoy. Um, and so that's something I started doing and I found myself naturally just 
gravitating a lot towards the co-curricular, extracurricular uh, things that were happening. Um, um, so I was organizing a lot of college events. Um, and those things gave me like a huge drive. Uh, I just love doing it. Um, you know, it, there was a kick in it, um, uh, which, which I had not felt otherwise. And so I knew that I have to do something uh, in the management space, but with a creative bent to it. Uh, and fortunately, uh, I, this, I, you know, I, a friend recommended a program in creative brand management at Virginia Commonwealth University in the US. Uh, so I looked up the curriculum, studied it in detail, which I'd never done for polymer engineering. Um, uh, I, I read through all the coursework and exactly what happens, spoke to a few people who are already doing it, um, uh, spoke to a few people who are already in advertising and branding about kind of what uh, what the field is like. And after doing kind of thorough homework on the field, I decided, okay, this really sounds very interesting um, for where I, for what I want to do. It, it was like an MBA, but with a focus on branding and advertising, um, um, which, which was very appealing to me. Uh, so went and did that for two years. Um, after that, I worked in the US for five years uh, in social media marketing, online marketing, digital yeah. marketing more broadly. Uh, I worked with uh, Audio of America first, uh, Jaguar, Land Rover, uh, Group M, which is a media conglomerate uh, globally, uh, and several of the other clients. Um, but uh, always wanted to come back to India. Um, that was that I was very firm on even before I went. Um, like a Swadeshi I, 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 I don't know why. I, I, there's no real. Uh, it was just a thing. Uh, you know, abapas aake se kuch karna. There was no. Uh, any other reason really behind it. It was just a thing. And so uh, I was looking out for a good opportunity. Uh, in July of 2015 is when uh, my friend Shantanu, uh, he called and he said he's, he's going to quit McKinsey. Uh, and uh, there's a big opportunity in men's grooming. Uh, and he knew that I was looking at an opportunity to come back and kind of start a brand of my own from scratch, having worked for pre- premium brands previously. Uh, and he said, do you want to come and build the brand along? So kind of evaluated it for two months. Uh, obviously, it was a big decision. Uh, I was, uh, you know, in New York, in one of the best cities in the world. Good job. Everything was great. Uh, happily married. And, uh, you know, now to kind of move your base completely back to India, uh, where life is very different and, and start from scratch um, mm. uh, was a big decision. But um, it had to be done at some point. So I said, why not now? Um, so did that. For about four years, um, as of October 2019, um, I took a step back from my uh, role at Bombay Sharing Company as the head of brand and marketing, uh, and I started Trove Experiences, which is something that I have been wanting to do ever since I organized that first event uh, back in UDCD. Uh, and the kick that I got out of it, um, I knew that, okay, uh, you know, something has to be done in this uh, in this experiential space, event space, uh, and and all the wealth of experience uh, that had come through all those premium brands uh, that I'd worked with uh, in terms of the storytelling uh, and building a brand culture would all come in handy um, over here. Uh, and so um, that's you know, Trove experiences about eight months old now, um, and uh, and uh, looking forward to how it develops. Definitely. So I totally relate with you on the part, you know, where you didn't like engineering because not many people know, like some of my close friends know, I was a science student in 11th and 12th, but 
लाइक आई डिस्कवर्ड इट अट अर्ली ऑन की यार ये चीज अपने लिए नहीं है दिस इज नॉट एक्जैक्टली वॉट आई वॉन्ट टू डू बिकॉज इवन आई वॉज द काइंड ऑफ गाई वॉज मोर इन टू एस एवेंट्स एंड एवरीथिंग any event in the school right. the teacher comes in who would like to volunteer ma'am like you know there was definitely that kick which you're right. talking about i definitely felt that too and that's why like i changed the stream totally after my 12 and uh, so one thing i would like to ask you over here uh, would be like when you were you know weighing the pros and cons of new york and india so what made you dis- uh, decide you know that okay let's go back to india because like looking at it from a rational perspective like new york is you know considerably given the amenities and also the quality of living better than what you get in most of the conditions in india so what made you like how did you evaluate that decision i i, I think uh, i've always i think the 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 driver there was to do something yourself and you know kind of leave your own mark on something that you built um, and uh, if you have that drive uh then you know i don't think you can be in a job somewhere else where of course you can drive a lot of things uh, uh you know things were going great over there there was no no challenge as such uh but you know at the end of the day somebody else is calling the shots uh, there is a certain direction that is decided by a bigger organization um and when you want to do things a certain way uh, you know uh i think that's kind of what causes you to take that jump um, and so yes of course uh, i i've answered this question many times to many family members and many friends why did you leave manhattan and come to pune <laughs> you know uh, uh you know everyone kind of wants to be there and you were driving all these nice cars working with all these nice companies all of that uh, but beyond a point you know there is kind of a greater calling uh that uh, that pattern so uh, yeah. you just follow that you it's know. about following your passion rather than your profession uh right well but your passion ideally you want to turn your passion into your profession um Understood. and uh, you know there's a difference between the many people who are in jobs um uh, may not be passionate about it but may like it a lot and may be really good at it um you know and i think i was in that category i love what i was doing uh, i didn't like sometimes people feel like if you're not passionate like you know it's either passionate or it's like uh, you know a boring job that you hate no there's yeah. a lot of middle ground over there where uh, you can choose to do that and i was very happy doing what i was doing but somehow there was still this kida if you will you know that something yeah, more can be tried if not now when from inside that yeah that's yeah. what i want totally understand that sir and more so that the time yeah. was running out you know you you like uh, you're 30 years old uh, you you want to try it now because maybe you know at 35 or 40 if you you know once your kids and all the risk factor would be right maybe go down yeah okay. so understood sir totally uh, so second question addressing the elephant in the room how has the covid 19 situation affected the whole startup and the business space of course it has like you know created a very bad impact many businesses are literally fighting to survive startups are failing right now more than ever but you know if we look back in history most of the great companies which you know are the giants today they were formed you know during times of crisis most of the companies which you know teenagers and people use right now were formed either during uh, the uh, 2008 crash 
or maybe the 9/11 wala time in the US that's when most of the companies started which are actually flourishing right now so first question what's your take on the current scenario when do you think it's going to improve and what does a company need to do right now to make sure that they are in the uh, you know group which will flourish in the years to come and not die out right that's a lot of questions in one uh, but i'll try to give my two cents um, it is a very very bad situation um, uh, fortunately uh, trove is a very young company where uh, uh, we we were only three people right now and we're able to manage um uh, you know bombay shaving company also uh, is able to manage uh, despite operations uh, being halted pretty much from a sales sales operations being being on uh, on hold for almost 6 weeks um we are kind of weathering the storm and now we're back um but you know manufacturing uh, if you are in the service sector uh, things are still okay uh, of course a lot of people are still being laid off because demand is not as high um but if you are in kind of the manufacturing sector um there are a lot of challenges uh, labor issues uh, logistics issues uh, and those people are facing a lot of challenges uh, it's anybody's guess when things will become uh, normal you you know there is yeah, i'm actually uh, reading this book uh, called black swan uh, by talib uh, and we are currently going through a black swan uh, so it's really interesting what exactly is it uh it's a, it it basically talks about these black swan events events that are highly unpredictable uh there's nothing in history that would have pointed to this happening nobody could have predicted that mm-hmm. uh that's the first feature of a black swan second feature is it leaves a massive impact uh and the third is that retrospectively when people kind kind of try to analyze it they will always say that ye to hona hi tha you know it was bound to happen people try to be very smart about it um, but it's very difficult to actually predict nobody knows uh, and there's a very interesting chapter in that you know, on kind of how bad we are at predicting there's a uh, there's a book that a journalist had written in the early 1940s during the world war uh, second world war where in none of the reporting was it ever predicted that things would rise to a level of the holocaust and hitler and everything that happened uh, it was never predicted uh, while it was happening of course now when you look back you can always say are these traits were seen hence this happened hence so you kind of retrospectively like you connect the dots state so when you look at like uh, in the rear view mirror and right so so eventually like you know it's easy when looking back it's easy to show causality um even if i look at my career i can draw a causality of how from here to there to there but it could have been something else and i would have drawn a causality okay. to why i'm there as well um but basically the point is it's difficult to predict some people say 6 months some people say 12 months some people say 18 months lasting impacts we really don't know what what's going to happen um and that's why you're seeing a lot of companies um uh, kind of focusing on their core competencies their core businesses 20 25% of workforce has been laid off um and uh, it's it's a dire situation uh, but at the same time it's also newer opportunities uh, newer ways of doing business uh, there's so many people are doing things virtually uh, and uh, i think that's one thing that i have observed uh, you know 
you're either the type where you easily take this as an excuse and say okay sab kaam band hai sab band hai or you will you're the kind who has the drive covid or not covid and is going to figure out a way to do something uh, definitely so um, my suggestion to anyone is kind of be in that second bucket um if you open yourself to newer possibilities newer ways um then you can figure things out uh, you know the okay. gig economy is on the rise people are doing uh jobs across like you know the the positive is first to do a job you had to be in the location where the job is happening now you know the the whole world is kind of uh available and you can work remotely for anyone you don't have to do full time jobs you can do part time you can do you can take on internships like if you want to do something you can figure something out uh, but if you want to take it as an excuse that then everything you know, the is an excuse is like not to, not to say not to say that people are not going through genuine challenges and genuine issues they are of course um and uh, you know the situation is really bad for for many people uh, but again you know you have to kind of evaluate what what best you can do in the situation of course so that's totally the case like uh, i'd just like to share an experience with you like when the lockdown started like it happened on i guess 20th march if i'm not wrong so my college was shut down on 15th so we were told you go to your home hometowns the college is shut right so we were like okay 15 20 days max to max so i came back home and all i did was complete suits like i'm not sure if you watched it is that series on prime you have right so i yeah. that's the only series i watched till date and i finished it a couple of days ago so i was just binge watching right. suits and that's it but then a month passed and i'm like okay shit i've been just sitting at home doing nothing for one month and like i'm not usually the kind who does that because i would usually like you know be involved in internships or some side project or something or the other and then i realized okay i have this opportunity because many times i want to work like you know for something or work on my own side hustle but i'm not able to because i have the college ka pressure so i realized okay abhi right. college to hai nahi so right now i can actually work on building my own thing and that's how i started right. my youtube channel and my podcast which you are a part of right now thankfully and like i'm well, very seeing good. the growth like you know in a couple of months i've interacted with over 20 to 25 highly successful people and that wouldn't have been possible until and unless i realized ki okay this is an opportunity which i can capitalize on right now so that's definitely there everyone right. should see the brighter picture for sure like that's definitely a part of it it's a mindset uh, thing you know you you make up your yeah. mindset to be productive to figure something out you will definitely definitely and of course take some action towards it uh, and you will so i'm i'm proud that you're you know you kind of figured that okay i like talking to people i like interacting with people and you know one could even stop at just interacting and kind of you know getting the knowledge and kind of just but you decided to share it out with uh you know people who follow you and kind of growing a, a channel which is again a very very good thing definitely so thanks a lot sir uh, so uh, you know like mentioning the you know the mindset thing which you mentioned uh, have you read this book you can win by shiv khera uh i have not read that one but i've read you can achieve more okay i've read okay have you heard the story of david and the goliath yeah yeah of course yeah uh, so for you know the listeners who don't know so the story basically is that goliath was a giant kind of like christianity ka kumbhakarna if you might call him that 
and david was a guy who came into the town from another place and everyone was scared of goliath they used to you know like give him as a whatever he asked for and david was like are why are you doing this why don't you kill him why don't you hit him so they like he's too big to hit so david told everyone that you guys are seeing it the wrong way he's too big to miss and like he then right. like ends up killing the person so it's about seeing you know it's being you know it's like seeing the glass is half full or half empty that's the deal and always seeing the brighter side like you said and so with regards to book i can see a lot of books behind you on both the sides so like has reading been something you know which has been uh, like a part of your lifestyle if yes so which book has uh, like had the most impact on you so actually it's not um uh, and um this is something i'm actually quite proud of uh, uh i for the longest time in my life up until last may um i had only read about five or six books in my life uh, and that's almost 33 years of my life um and uh, this was a time last last may uh, 2019 when i had already taken the decision to you know start working on trove uh, slowly gradually reducing my uh, my involvement with publishing company um and um, i knew that kind of i enjoyed being in the middle of the action at bombay shipping company and which is by the way based out of delhi uh, um and so now to move from that where we are a 80 85 member organization to start from scratch was going to be a difficult uh, journey and so i wanted to inculcate some new habits um uh, you know which kind of helped me uh, it, it's like a daily pep talk on almost you know uh, inculcate okay. some good habits that help you be productive uh every day and i thought you know i've always wanted to read but i've never really managed to read it and that's probably because i've never set up a good system for it um and so the first book i read which is one of the books that i would highly recommend is the power of habit uh by charles duhigg um and it talks about how to kind of form habits how we are a creature of thousands of habits and it kind of explains what happens in the brain and uh, you know kind of it 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 decodes habit formation uh, and uh, habit changing um and uh, so i happened to start reading that book while i was aiming to form a new habit uh, and so i kind of started following certain principles from that book and saying okay every morning i'm going to spend one hour reading that's the first thing i'm going to do uh, because that will make me feel a little more knowledgeable in my head um b it will make me feel productive first thing so it sets the tone for the day uh and and see it's like just it's a good thing to to be reading you know you gain knowledge and all that um and so and i said okay i'm going i'm just going to read about 20 to 25 pages which is approximately one chapter per day but do it consistently and since then till now i've done it on i've read on 85% of the days and i've wow. uh, i'm on my 28th book now since then 28 um, and it's great it's something i like really look forward to um uh, it gives me a lot of joy uh, many times now i'll read in the morning i'll also read at night um and exploring different genres i've, I've primarily been reading a lot of motivational inspirational entrepreneurship uh creativity those you know design thinking those kind of books Definitely. uh not so much into uh, fiction yet uh but yeah the power of habit is definitely one that i would recommend outliers uh, by malcolm gladwell another one i would recommend um 
the one I'm currently reading, Black Swan by Talib. It's a heavy read, uh, but again, something that I would uh, recommend. You need to spend your time on it, though. And now reading has become a ritual. So, um, you know, when I'm reading, I have uh, you know a friend once recommended why don't you use a uh, a scale and a pencil to kind of highlight the things that uh, you like in every book. So I kind of have a religious way of kind of doing that. Um, yeah. There are new words that That's I discover, even which I, I don't know. Like, so it I, helps you to get back to the book, like you know, when you're looking at it at a later point of time. And it's a quick, quick read if you want to revise it. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I, any good quotes, any good quotations that I find, I have a running note on on my phone where I keep adding to that list. New words is a separate note I keep adding to that list. And then if I have my own kind of thoughts, basis, whatever I've read, I have a note for that as well. But I mean, so there's like four or five things happening in parallel with reading. So it's become a ritual now. Um, and so hence, yeah, that thing is growing now and I'm looking forward to turning it into a nicer library. Um, That's great. So like one of the best quotes which I read related to books was, you can judge a man's, uh, like, you know, as a knowledge base by the size of his library. And that's definitely a huge library <laughs> that you have. And so, uh, Anand, this is actually, sorry, yeah. you're saying something. This is actually not not much. There's not much. There's like just a start. Growing like from five books in like thirty-five years to twenty-nine books in like you know in the span of around a year. One year. That's definitely year. Yeah. So, like, apart from the power of yeah. habit, which book has influenced you the lot? Like the most. Uh, um, there's this book called The One Thing uh, by Gary Keller, uh, which in which he talks about again lays a focus on like one one thing uh, uh, and how that one thing can have a domino effect on various things in your life. Um, so that one um, outliers is. I mean, I think with every book almost that I read, I try to kind of imbibe some things into my thinking or into the way I deal with people, friends, family. Um, and so, um, uh, you know, I think in every book, there's something, something new to learn. Uh, Definitely. So. Yeah. So I mean, uh, in Ikigai, I read, I read about the 80% rule in Ikigai, which is like the Japanese yeah. concept of leading a good life. Uh, and I've been following that 80% eating rule ever since. And, you know, I've lost uh, three or four kgs. Without wow. really doing much, um, that's just great. That. so that's great. I mean, you know, that's real impact. So <laughs> every every book has its, its its own impact. But I think I think power of habit, uh, a because I started with it, but b because all of these micro habits all kind of relate to that book again. Uh, I think that one's had the biggest impact. Like I would suggest that starting with the power of habit it was a very good decision because it start it tells you about how to build a habit. And when you're trying to read a book, exactly. you know, like uh, get the habit of reading books, then reading a book about how to build habits, like definitely spot on. Totally, sir. So, sir, next question. What would be the two to three habits which you have or like, you know, habits or routines which you follow in your like uh, life, which have helped you become a successful entrepreneur? So, first of all, I don't know if I'm a successful entrepreneur yet. <laughs> so, um, you are. You and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's all relative, right? Uh, what is success? What is not? Um, so, but I think in terms of you got to do your best. So, um, in terms of habits, one of course, um, 
you know, reading or exercising first thing in the morning uh, just sets the tone for the day really well. And that's something I've been doing. Um, I'm an avid to-do list maker. Uh, so I always, and this has been there for a long time. So my day is always planned out at the beginning that these are the things I want to achieve. And generally the goal is to achieve at least 80 or 90% of those things. You always kind of over plan. Uh, uh, so you have to aim higher so that you know you at least achieve 80 90 percent of it um, uh, so I think planning out your day um, in your head uh, or also on paper and then uh, I have this weird habit of really scratching the f out of the to-do list once that's just a it's very like so satisfying right. Totally, sir. Sometimes there are times when, like, you know, I've done something which I sh- should have done, but it's not on the to-do list. I'll finish it. I'll put it on the to-do list and scratch it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, totally understand that feeling. Um, so, that's another uh, another good thing. Um, uh, one of my uh, ex-bosses had, uh, uh, had given me a lesson on email management. And I think that's another important part. A lot of people become very inefficient with emails. Uh, and they end up taking a lot of time in your day. So that's one more thing I manage. At least my uh, official mailbox, not my personal mailbox. Um, I have I have it very well organized with folders, and I and I keep archiving things into those folders. Uh, so at any given time, I try to maintain like a zero inbox, and and not just like unread or read uh, zero, but actually in the mailbox. If you go to my mailbox, you'll only find three or four emails based on things that I'm supposed to do. I'll keep snoozing things that are not important. Um, and it's just another thing that helps you kind of be on top and focus on a few things that are important. Um, so, uh, so I think yeah, just introspecting, um, um, planning your day a little better, picking out one or two habits that make you feel good first thing in the morning. Uh, I think those are some of the things that uh, that have helped. Okay. Um, uh, that mail one was new for me. Like, nice. even I have a habit. Like, I don't have an official mail ID as such, but the college has given everyone a mail ID, and I try to keep myself right. considerably neat and organized. But that's something which will be even more essential. Like, given the situation that everyone is going to be, you know, working remotely right now, so definitely email will be right. the you know the main uh, like you know line of communication. So definitely that's something people should put in a lot of effort and time into. So, uh, thanks a lot for right. that part, sir. And so moving on, uh, what is the difference, the biggest difference between being an entrepreneur and wanting to be one? There are many people, you know, who want to be entrepreneurs, but there's a huge difference in the mm-hmm. image people have in their mind of being an entrepreneur. Most of the people think that it's about, you know, having private jets, having, you know, wearing expensive clothes. And there's the, you know, the hard deal about actually being an entrepreneur. So what's the biggest difference between that, I, that, Thing, you know which people want and what's the actual fact I, um, I hope that people who just want to be one uh, I, I guess the difference is that people who are and who want to be is like you know those people have some idea in mind their goal is not to be an entrepreneur their goal is I want to bring about this change you know, whether it's in the way a certain business is done, a way a certain problem is solved. So, uh, someone wants to solve a certain problem. And uh, 
the best way to do that is i'm going to roll up my sleeves and do it myself and hence now i'm an entrepreneur versus the latter want to be entrepreneur or entrepreneurs as they call them uh are more fascinated by whatever they've read and heard and what not about entrepreneurs or seen people around and want to follow that um that's a, a dangerous territory to be in, to be honest um because uh, you know if you really want to be successful you as a as an entrepreneur you need to have a clear clearish idea or vision or passion for something that you know this is something i really enjoy and i and i see an opportunity here and hence i want to do it and hence i am going to be an entrepreneur versus i want to be an entrepreneur so i want i need to find something where i can be an entrepreneur so i'm going to look for the best business opportunity but i'm not emotionally tied to it uh tied to that thing that i'm trying to solve so if you know things get difficult you may or may not kind of continue it and you may so um not saying that people who wanted to be entrepreneurs and could have been entrepreneurs in any aspect there there are some people who are passionate about building a big organization and it doesn't matter that they that that passion is restricted to a specific field you know they could build a big organization in automotive or they could build a big organization in uh, erasers for example you know uh, but their what's driving them is that i love creating a big organization but at least there's something driving that so uh, you know it's not just i want to be an entrepreneur but there's something i want to do for which being an entrepreneur is necessary understood so the the being an entrepreneur is a by product of you wanting to do something versus over here you're going in with the idea that i want to be this fancy entrepreneur because it's a fancy life and what not and all but it's not fancy at all i mean yeah. it can be fancy in some parts uh, for you know whatever pr you can get or whatever big you can build eventually uh, but it's it's a very arduous journey uh, and unless you're prepared to do that uh, i would seriously suggest don't kind of at least drop out <laughs> uh of of colleges which is uh, again unnecessarily been glamorized a lot uh by by a lot of philosophy books uh but so i think that's the difference uh is people who are entrepreneurs didn't want to be entrepreneurs they just wanted to do something and which required them to be an entrepreneur versus this is a category where they don't know what they want to do but by entrepreneur ban so at least first figure out something that truly drives you whether it's building an organization building a brand or bringing about a change in certain things uh, uh you know in, in whatever you're observing in society or in the way products are being way services are understood, understood and so on like you know uh, this uh, you know advice which is just came it reminded me of three things the first thing you know where you said that you actually have to go in and you know get your hands dirty doing the job i'm sure you would have heard of gary vaynerchuk like since i've stayed in new york for you know as a, a fair amount of time so he has yeah. this uh, like he has symbolized the this theory called the clouds in the dirt have you heard of it the clouds in the no i'm not dirt uh, so basically uh, what so basically there are two there are two photos the first is a picture of a cloud and below that it's written that this is your you know your dream what you want to be like you know basically it symbolizes who you are like what you stand for 
and the dirt right. is you actually putting in the hard work you giving in the hours you burning the midnight oil so that definitely you know symbolizes right. it in a very classy way like i really like that i have a poster of that hung up on my wall here so it's like a printer that right. i have done it just because that you know you have to go into the dirt before you get to the clouds so that was definitely there Right. The second thing uh, this advice reminded me of was uh, you know there was this thing uh, which Steve Jobs said in an interview with Bill Gates that you know if you want to do something like if you actually want to start a business or something which will last beyond you it needs to be something which you really love doing which you're really passionate about because if you're not right. then the sheer hard work that you need to put in and the sacrifices that you need to make a rational person would not be able to do that unless he's totally in love with what he's doing. absolutely so that's definitely you know a huge part of that so i so uh, the next question right. what is the biggest and it's not just that i think you know the, yeah. the way the i i mean see you have to constantly iterate you have to constantly pivot you have to constantly think of new ways things are not going to work out as per plan perfectly um and uh, so one is of course you'll persevere more if you love it more but second um, you will also get better ideas and a better way to do things if you love that thing totally uh, you know if if i if i if i love curating events so i'm naturally going to get more ideas around that more ways to do that okay. uh, than say you know if i should go and you know make the the world's most innovative tire mm-hmm. i don't like you know uh, i i technically only don't understand what is to be done over there Uh, and so even if I'm passionate, you know, it's my company. Banani hai. Like beyond a point, I may not get the right ideas. So, uh, so it helps both from a perseverance standpoint, but also from like kind of pivoting. Uh, you know, uh, trying new things, uh, which tend to come naturally if you are if you like that field. Understood, sir. Got that. Uh, so right. another question, which uh, would be in continuous with uh, with the last one, would be what is the biggest challenge of being an entrepreneur like definitely everyone who has like studied entrepreneurs to any extent would know that it's a very challenging role it's a very challenging job if you if you would allow me to call that to you know actually be in but what's the biggest challenge of being an entrepreneur according to you <laughs> i don't i mean there are so many challenges um uh, but i think one of the big ones is kind of You you get so tied to your idea and what you're thinking uh, and your plan, and things just don't pan out exactly like that. Very rarely do they, and this is common. Like because just we just overestimate. That's a human tendency. It's not a fault of anyone. We just tend to overestimate um, ourselves and also those around us uh, in terms of how optimistically we will be able to do things and. Uh, Um, you know, coming to terms with that, that okay, things are not exactly going to go like that. But how do you still persevere beyond that, um, and keep things going, and keep taking people along with you? Uh, I think those that's that's probably one of the biggest challenge. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, this is also kind of a challenge which many people face. Like the question I'm about to ask you right now. Uh, I don't exactly know what was your scenario. If you could share that, that would be great. but there are many people who want to as you know get into entrepreneurship and like build their own thing but their families have always been job, you know uh, job driven so like everyone in the family has been 
working for someone they haven't like started something of their own and in many of these families like you know if like let's say i take my own scenario my dad works for the government right and if i want to start my own business i know my dad will support it but let's say if there's someone who wants to try that but his parents are like ki don't do this it's way too risky go for a government job that's better so how should people convince their parents that this is something i want to do let me do this right um so it i mean i'm guessing that you come to that point when there's a certain investment required or leaving something aside required mm-hmm. um i think parents are right rightfully uh, worried uh, and they are obviously looking out for your best as per their life experience and their understanding of what the world is um if you really want to prove it to them then do something and prove it uh, that's the easiest way um so any idea you have you are not directly going to go big you Definitely. there are ways to pilot things there are ways to take baby steps towards it keep doing those sincerely um show that there's some traction that you're getting as part of that and then why would anyone not support of course when it comes to a much bigger risk um where you know you need to invest a big amount and you're not sure those are more challenging times um but at least just to start off i think there are enough things you can do um and show to your family rather than you know in theory ask for permission uh, or or kind of kind of their blessings it's about you know bringing so, to the people uh, like something which will make them feel ki okay if he does this he'll ab- he'll be able to survive like as a he'll be able to live a exactly, good life exactly yeah understood as totally long as you see you're sincere about it you're genuinely sincere about it you're genuinely taking action towards it and uh, you know you're very very driven by it um and and it's starting to show some some results then they'll be more than happy to support great understood that sir uh so uh, right. you told us that you moved from uh, the bombay shaving company to trove so uh, my right. question to you right now is that what uh, you know helped you decide that okay now is the time to move on to another venture and i'm not just asking this from a business standpoint many people you know are stuck in places where they don't want to be but they're not able to realize it themselves that okay i need to move on from this it can also be a toxic relationship it can also be a job where you feel stuck or it could just be something where you realize that okay now i need to follow another calling so how do you realize right. that and how do you make that transition so in my case um, it was not a matter of how it was a matter of when um, okay. right from um, i mean i've been wanting to do something in this experiential travel and entertainment space uh, for pretty much 70 years now i mean some some ideas have been growing in my head uh, around this uh, and even when i started uh, bombay shaving company along with chantanu um, rawat and deepu uh, it was very clear between chantanu and me that this is what i wanted to do eventually uh, i'm going to give three or four years here uh, and ensure that we are in a comfortable place where you know we can bring in someone else who can take it into the next phase and i will step back at that point and um, so it was more of the, that was bound to happen it was more a question of when when it would happen um, and uh, and that's kind of a call i i took internally it it was part 
work in part work part uh, you know personal life and uh, you know kind of the stage or that uh, where you feel okay now is the time where it's it's good for a transition to happen over like you know this time period uh, so for me it was more of a uh, it was more of a question of when not how um um but to to your other question about like you know many people they are either in toxic jobs or relationships or just places that they're not enjoying and uh, i think the the one challenge there is people don't look out for other options really they get very complacent uh, and happy not happy but like uh, it's difficult to kind of break from the comfort zone like they just get used to it they try to adapt themselves yeah ultimately like we like to be settled in some way we like to feel settled um and so uh it's difficult to break break from that and and find something and then you know where do i start where do i start looking will i get it or not get it uh you know all sorts of um uh, thoughts kind of and and you know thoughts come into your mind and in general i think another challenge uh, today is we are so lost in our devices um i mean i think on average like my average screen time on my phone is 5 or 6 hours a day including work but it is 5 or 6 hours a day uh, i'm pretty sure at least 3 hour, 3 hours is just uh, that's like stuff normal. that is not needed but what that has ended up doing uh, it's made us more inefficient in our work so work that we could have otherwise done in 4 hours now we take 8 hours to do that second it's making us spend more time on that and find less time for things that matter so it's very easy so so everyone you'll find everyone is very busy nowadays very busy and time is also flying by as with every year you notice you are like 2020 despite covid despite the world shutting down we are already in june so you know it's not like i still feel the six months have passed by really fast yeah uh, and that's see. because you're constantly busy and there's constantly so much to do and of course when you know there's so much to do time passes quickly uh when there's nothing to do that's when you're sitting and think okay i'm bored nowadays rarely yeah. do people feel okay i'm bored i mean yes maybe in covid they may have because they're not able to get out and all um and so uh people don't find time to do anything because mm-hmm. they're constantly busy they're working 12 hour days even though effective work maybe 7 or 8 hours or 6 hours but they're working throughout the day and uh, and then you don't find time to you know uh, apply anywhere or do something or or find an alternative to what you are not liking uh, so it's important to again uh, set some sort of habit or some sort of deadline on yourself and we are people who work on deadlines i mean there's no one in the world that plans everything so much in advance everyone is kind of scrambling last minute to get things done when you have a deadline set in place so that creators one uh, one of uh, the the first interview which i actually took for this podcast was with this uh, great speaker his name is mr animesh part so he gave me a very good piece of advice related to this he explained it through like an, an example he's like if you want to go from ahmedabad to mumbai and you're driving at night then you don't need your car lights to like you know like illuminate the way from ahmedabad all the way to mumbai you just need 4 5 meters mm-hmm. in advance so plan the initial thing so like if you are in june right now plan exactly what you are going to be doing in july maybe august and september 
But after that, take things as they come and plan accordingly, according to that. So that was definitely something right. which uh, you know uh, really so made a lot I, of sense. I, I agree, uh, and I think that's um, that's important. Taking those small steps, but I do feel most people know that. So most people somewhere in their head have that. Okay, you know, by this date, I'm going to try and do this, or I'm going to change my job, or I'm going to you know try something different. Um, but that you know but unless there's some unless you're answerable to someone it becomes difficult but when you're answerable to someone if if i have if i have a client who i have to submit something to i'm answerable to that person or if i have a boss who I'm, i have to submit something to i'm answerable then it becomes easier to follow a deadline because i know that i'm answerable so i'm going to complete it come what may pull an all nighter and do it but when i'm not answerable to anyone uh that's when the challenge comes because you are your own boss and you want to say theek hai na aaj nahi work kal karenge kal nahi work theek hai and then you kind of create a narrative around it that okay i'm busy i don't have time i'm so stressed at work i'm working long days like that i believe so, is the uh, biggest challenge with working from home or like you know working for yourself that you are answerable to yourself and people always tell themselves but even in that case so even in that case create ways to make yourself answerable to people whether it's your family whether it's a friend whether it's a mentor tell them that you know by this day i'm going to give you this to review and you know of course it may still not be as uh, uh, critical as uh, you know your boss or your client or or you know this is part no um, but at least that instills some sense of okay i need to get this done because every time you won't be late in Kind of showing something to a friend or a mentor, right? Okay. One or two times you may request to guarantee a couple more days, but after that you're you're gonna feel ashamed yourself that I've been telling this person I need a couple more days, I need a couple more days, uh, over and over again. So uh, create those external kind of um, uh, ways to enforce a deadline. Because we have tremendous potential as human beings, mm-hmm. each one of us. So when we are put under stress, we can achieve like. so many things but when that's not there we'll take it easy and not achieve it so uh, figure out ways to do that so today like you know i do, i you know i um i can run a company myself but i prefer to have partners uh, co-founders or people on the who i am constantly like in a way answerable to technically not but in a way answerable to because uh, that helps me kind of keep going understood sir also uh, so you really talk yeah. about mentors right now and uh, two questions related to mentorship first of all uh, how have your mentors helped you along in life and secondly one of the things which i think that you know really helps someone succeed when they are starting out is that they if they you know if they have a good mentor to you know just show them the path that do this if not like you know hold their hand and take them through but to just give them a direction that you know take it this way So first of all, thanks a lot for being my mentor. It really means a lot. And if someone <laughs> wants to find a mentor, not you, but like any mentor, what should be the way to go? And how have your mentors helped you? I have been blessed with amazing mentors. Um, right from uh, my first internship uh, when I was doing my masters uh, to my first job, uh, and then you know all the levels within that. uh and and throughout um mm-hmm. i think my career i think the 
biggest thing that the mentor does yes guiding showing a direction all of that is good uh yes they will tell you you know of the 20 things that they tell you you will probably like you know three or four things will really stick with you throughout your life um mm-hmm. but uh, i think the biggest thing that they can do for you is show belief in you and i think when someone shows belief in you it becomes very reassuring so if uh, you know if if a mentor can really put you in a different orbit uh, i mean of course that's if that mentor is in your job but a sense of belief uh, that they show on you really tells you that okay if this person says i can do it then maybe i can do it and maybe i should do it um, so i have been put in situations by my mentors where they expected me to either you know present something that was unexpected or take up a role that was uh, you know unexpected or just uh, have a belief you know when they tell other people about me that this fellow is so and so and he does so and so and all of that uh, and you know when someone else believes that you can do all those things and achieve all those things that's uh, definitely very helpful you tend to kind of uh, you know you tend it 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 tells you it it keeps reminding you that yes you can do it so i think instilling a sense of belief in you that you can achieve something great um uh, is the biggest responsibility of a mentor and the best thing they can do for you besides that whatever little tips and bits and tips and all of those uh, uh you know things that they can tell you about how to kind of navigate the business world and the corporate world and all of that uh is a, is a bonus uh you know some will some you'll remember some you'll forget it's okay you'll you'll kind of figure out your own way mm. uh and so i've been fortunate that they've done that at times where i have really not been sure if first of all you know even when i went from engineering to um to creative brand management now i had nothing i knew nothing about like advertising especially in the us now you know you're going to the us and studying the advertising market suddenly which relies on you understanding culture understanding people uh and you don't um so my first uh, semester was difficult uh, i got two c's my second semester got better uh, but i was still not doing as well and the school had a reputation of asking students who are not up to the mark to leave after one year i was like shit like you know i like after my first semester i was like i have two c's like what the heck like one more c and i'm out um but then um, but then you know i got an internship uh, at, a, at a very good place and they didn't even interview they just looked at my portfolio and were happy and they took me in and, and that was kind of the first sense of belief that i got from uh, his name is uh, edward cotton he's is uh, a great planner uh, at this agency called butler shinestone and partners and his kind of belief that okay this guy just bases portfolio i know is good and can achieve was kind of the first self self reassurance and then that has continued with several other mentors that i've had so so i think that's important uh, rather than general gyan something very specific uh, is is like i believe in you and these are your drawbacks but these are your strengths and i believe you can do it like especially that you know uh, that reassurance and that belief would definitely be more important for someone who is trying to you know get his own business up and running and you know especially someone who is an entrepreneur 
because entrepreneurship like one of the biggest downsides i feel is that you have that lack of belief in yourself at times like i am not a yeah. bred entrepreneur yeah. but yeah. even myself when i'm trying to you know work on something there are many times when i feel like ki i'm not working hard enough or this is not going right i'll fail or like you know you have those moments and definitely your mentors right. and your friends can definitely you know help you get out of that moment and like put you right back into the zone so so the second question Absolutely. how does one get a mentor like how does one get the good mentor everyone has heard the quote that when the student is ready the teacher appears but that sounds you know kind of as a like you're waiting for it to happen how do you make sure that you do your part to make sure that that does happen yeah i think you need to um, and first of all find what i it depends on what you're looking mentorship for so do you want you know it i need a mentor is a very general statement what about uh, entrepreneurship you know, that's more about i need it should start with i need help with this aspect or i need help navigating this aspect or i need to start with networking a little more i mean you've done it right you reached out uh, definitely and we started talking and around here and you were in touch um so uh, reach out to people i think people really undervalue like linkedin but i think linkedin is a, an amazing network where you can really meet people uh, and talk to them and kind of take the conversation from linkedin on to you know uh, another pri- private platform but um, you can find people there build up your networks over there um and uh, just talk to people and um, you know find your i mean first first and foremost find mentors in your immediate circle so you know in your family mm. is there someone who you really look up to who can be a mentor and it may not be your immediate family it may be extended family second is in your workplace are there people who you really look up to figure out ways to kind of spend time with them or take them out for a coffee or something and just go for a walk after lunch you know and say i just wanted to chat about a couple of things and that's how it starts um, and uh, and as you again i think once you kind of wire yourself and you're open to certain things those things will naturally start coming to you more uh, i firmly believe in that so definitely um, you know you need to be in that mind space and of course you need to take some steps towards that and then the right things will just fall in place fall into place uh, definitely um, and, yeah like networking i strongly believe is like you know one of the best investment of time which people can do when they are in their college at least like school i would say is a bit too early to network because you don't exactly know what you want to as a do but if you know what you want to do right. then that's great but i guess college is the time where you should definitely spend at least 5 hours a week minimum on networking because like you know once you get out of college many people have that thing ki just because i didn't go to an iit or an iim i'm not going to get a good package but frankly speaking like from what i've like learned from other people that is not really the case because when they talk about the placement that's only on campus placement but if you spent your 3 years or your 4 years of your college life networking with people really well then you can definitely get a very good off campus placement if you have the skill set for the job so that's definitely a factor absolutely So, have you heard of the six, uh, the six uh, step theory? The six degrees of separation. Yeah, the six degrees of separation theory. Yeah, yeah. That's that's totally something which you know, like it mind, like my mind was boggled. I was like, okay, what is this? I wasn't ready to believe it until I read an article that Microsoft actually tested this. 
so what they did was they did a study where they took two random people on the internet and they just saw their connections and then their connections connections and in six steps like they somehow got a connection that happened multiple times so they yeah. verified that and that was totally shocking for me so so just two more questions left uh for the second I, I think question. one more one more suggestion i'll give yeah. uh, one one more quick suggestion because you uh, i think uh, a lot of people in college um, only do like one mandatory internship Hmm. and i think that is uh, um that shows lack of drive uh, i Definitely. think now we're in a place where there's so much more to be gained so ideally you know maybe one year you don't but you should have three internships or at least two internships on your resume okay. uh, while you're coming out of college because that to to potential employers that indicates that this person has gone beyond the mandatory one to do hmm. more second try to do some freelance work some freelance work uh, along the way as well um again like you know it's all of these things show how driven you are uh, totally. and how much you're keen to learn and grow um, and that's something that employers look out for uh, and you know so you were saying package i mean yeah people will look for more of those things uh, now on your resume uh, hmm. rather than just you know where you studied from definitely that's there so like that's the reason like and you know many people have that excuse especially in college ki yaar abhi we are still in college we haven't learned anything we don't know anything like so why will someone give us an internship or a job and what college they are doing they are ha so that definitely and, happens and have that college have sorry i would say have all your fun in college as well i'm not saying don't have fun and definitely just do this because those days ain't coming back ever <laughs> but um but that's why like you know plan again plan to do things if you if you plan you can find time to get your work done to get um uh, your fun done and you know to spend time on yourself as well totally so totally that's the reason why like i recommend to my friends you know like many times people say ki you know we don't have time or not just the time factor we don't have any skill which we can use and i tell them yaar you think you don't have any skill you at least have hands you can do filing system go to any office company tell them that you just want to do their office ka filing system even there you will learn so much right. because you know when you actually work in a corporate office you learn so many things like especially when you're in there for the first time you learn so many things which you do not learn in college or school like those are things which are so minute that they cannot be discussed you know in school or college just because of the time uh, ka problem so that's definitely there right. so the second last question how do you make a perfect pitch to an investor or to you know just someone you're looking for funding from um again it's all relative um a big thing that matters is how well you know your matter um how how driven you are so investors are not just um judging the uh, the pitch uh in 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 terms of kind of what you're presenting and the 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 category uh that you're referring to but they're also judging you in a major way um so how your and and the littlest of things matter because people are judging the littlest of things uh did i come and was my like you know top button closed or open indicate something did i have printouts ready of certain things to be presented uh, indicate something was i on time or not indicate something uh how i speak how i answer questions indicate something so there's a lot of um your own kind of 
personality traits that will uh, impact the presentation. But of course, at the same time, uh, a major chunk will also matter in terms of what you're presenting, whether there's a, uh, you know, the product or the service, the market fit, how thoroughly you've done your research, more importantly, how you plan to build a team. That's a very important thing for investors is who are you bringing in the team? How much time are they going to give? What is their credibility as well? Because these are people who are investing for a longer term and a higher return when you become a bigger company. They're not saying that you know, no, they're saying, okay, we want to be in this for like five, six years and come out with a 4x, 5x, 6x. Uh, valuation exit. Okay. Um, and so, and you can't get to that place unless you are able to build a good team. Um, and so, uh, so they evaluate all of those things. Um, some will evaluate, some will, you know, harp on certain aspects, some will harp on some certain other aspects. It depends on what their domain expertise is in, in, the, in the specific uh, in the category that you're talking about. So I, I would say do your homework well, be as thorough, practice, 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 practice. Don't go out there and bring it, practice in advance, present That's to your friends, present to, to you, present to your family. You have to like the best people. I mean, uh, it's, it's said that Steve Jobs pretty much uh, used to, when he used to do his keynotes, he used to have the keynote ready eight days in advance and mm. then he would spend the next few days just removing things, removing things and making it absolutely simplistic as okay. simple as possible and then revising it. So you, you may see that he has a natural flair, for, you know, he had a natural flair for when he came on, on, you yeah. know, on, uh, but the TV actual or wherever, became the best in but there was a lot of practice. Totally. So you have to practice and, uh, and that helps. Uh, so do that because people are like, you know, there'll be a lot of different questions thrown at you. And, but more importantly, be genuine. Uh, the more genuine you are, uh, the more genuine your investors will be. Uh, or rather, the more genuine the terms of the, like, will be the terms on which the investment is made. Uh, and it will make life easier. If, if you've tried to really, like, show a rosy picture and really, like, kind of, blindside them in some way, at some point it's going to come and bite you back. Yes. So okay. you need to be, be honest as much as Be possible. honest about what you're offering yeah. and what your expectations are. So to sum it up, we can say because, they're not, expect, be very because they're not expecting they're not Sorry? expecting you to be perfect. They're not expecting you to okay. be perfect. They're expecting you to have challenges. They're expecting you to have issues. But what they want to say is you can overcome those, how you handle those. Right. So even if you get flustered with one more of about the test of the you need to be like correct. Ultimately, it's, it's that. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So to sum it up, we can say first thing: be very thorough with your research and like just know your product and know everything related to the market, the competition, everything. Appearance also. You need, no, like, again, you need not know everything, but be as thorough as possible. You need not yeah, know like be as thorough. Given your best shot for that, practice practice your pitch right. as much as you can. And appearance would also uh, be a factor, like definitely, because you know, like how your dress, how your hair is, how your beard is, that would, I guess, be a factor. It, it, I mean, there will always be outliers where that didn't matter, and you know, 
uh, you'll hear of people who were dressed bizarrely but still managed to get funding. But maybe the idea was just that good enough. Uh, but in general, uh, I think you need to be uh, a certain like business casual at least, if not business formal. Uh, okay, you, know, you need to show a certain sense of respect towards what you're about to do, what the other person and in general it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed. So, you know, if if you're a little overdressed, you can always take off your jacket and you know, be fine and be on terms with them. But if you're underdressed, you can't do anything to kind of make up for it. Totally. So, okay. Alright, so moving on, last question. If you were to, you know, turn 19 all over again. The reason why I'm saying 19 is because I'm 19 and you had to do this whole journey all over again. First, what were the things, uh, what would be the things you would change? And secondly, what would be the new things which you would try to do from an earlier age? <sighs> I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. Um, <laughs> I think, um, so in, uh, like I would have tried to get more experience during my, uh, my education as well. I, I only did the one mandatory, minimum, <laughs> uh, internship. Uh, so I would have done all of those things and, uh, I don't know what would I have done done differently. There must be something which you feel sometimes that if I had done this at that point of time, then maybe things would have been a little easier for me. Or... I mean, you, you always, uh, I think every part of the journey has played an important role in shaping things a certain way. You can obviously always hope that I would have started this a little earlier or I would have started that a little earlier. You know, uh, those things are there. Uh, so yeah, like, you know, instead of me being 34 when I'm starting Trove, I would have loved to start it when I was 30, um, you know, uh, but then again, like there are certain experiences that would have been compromised or something that wouldn't have been there. So I'm not, and I'm usually an optimist. So I, I tend to look back at things in a very optimistic light and okay, whatever has happened is, is great. Uh, and it's kind of prepared me for what's to come. Um, so it's a little difficult to come up with an answer off the top of my head on that. Um, All right, so that's that's fine. That's fine. Like yeah. uh, many people <laughs> believe that you know you should just look for the forward thing and as for the things which have already happened, yeah. you connect dots later on at some point of your life and you realize, okay, this decision, even though right now it seems bad, it was good eventually. Like you know when you look back right. in it. Right? So, so that right. concludes the so podcast. I, mean, I guess one thing is, I, if, yes, I would have, if I would have tried hard enough, uh, maybe uh, I, I could have selected my field better instead of just going for polymer engineering. Maybe those four years of education in a different field. Yes, I still learned a lot uh, through my co-curricular, extracurricular, but even through curricular, I mean, there are always, there's a general aptitude that does develop when you are doing engineering, which comes in handy. Uh, but perhaps if I had tried better to find what I love before that and like generally done something in that space, uh, it might have had a different impact. Um, but again, it's hard to tell. You know, so. Definitely, definitely. Cool. I guess you would like to add reading more books on that list. Read more books. Absolutely. That's a good one. <laughs> yes, I, I, I wish I would have it now. That's something because like I, I started reading I, books I, when I was like 13. 
that's when i started and Very even good. then i feel kya thoda jaldi karna chahiye tha i should have started at 10 weeks and for you guys listening uh, i would link sir's instagram handles i'll also link the handles of his new company trove experience definitely check it out it's something which i've checked out and i really like the aesthetic of the page so do give it a look and so once again thanks a lot for taking out the time Thank being you very much for having me uh, yeah happy happy, happy to to chat and share whatever i can thank you very much definitely sir thanks a lot sir all right